Hi, this is Pastor Brittany Isaac from Urban Village Church, Chicago. We are a church that is bold, inclusive, and relevant. I know that many of you out there are hungry for a gospel message of healing and wholeness, a message that leads to a life transformed by Christ. I hope that this podcast does just that. And if it does, would you please consider making a financial gift that will support this gospel-inclusive ministry? You can do that by going to urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks so much and have a blessed day. I also got the opportunity to read scripture today, and we will be reading from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. If you don't have a Bible, there's a good thing we have Bibles all outside, so if you ever need an opportunity to just get you a Bible so you can be in your Word, we got you. Also, additionally, if you don't want to go grab a Bible, we have it here on the screen, so follow as I read. Now as an elder, myself, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory to be revealed, I exhort the elders among you to tend to the flock of God that is in your charge, exercising the oversight not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you do it. Not for sordid gain, but eagerly. Do not lord it over those in your charge, but examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will win the crown of glory that never fades away. And the same way you are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you must clothe yourself with the humility in your dealings with one another for... God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I'll read that one more time. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the might hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Discipline yourself, keep alert, like a roaring lion, Your adversaries, the devil prowls around, looking for someone to devour. Resist him steadfast in your faith. All the worlds are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you to be the power forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) Thank you, Patrick, for reading that word. And uh, good morning, y'all. My name is Brittany. I'm the pastor here, one of them. And it's good to be with you this morning after a week away in sunny Florida. Um, I want to say a thank you to Dee for her testimony. Um, I have been personally blessed by Dee's ministry since she has been coming here. Every once in a while, I get an email from her letting her know that she is praying for me, and I just can't express how good that feels, knowing that um, someone's, that she's a prayer warrior and holding me. So thank you for your testimony, Dee, and um, your ministry. Uh, Let us begin today with prayer. 
Holy and gracious God, for the gift of today, for the air in our lungs, for the people sitting next to us, I give you thanks. Open our hearts that the reading of the scripture might point us a little closer into the direction that you call us to move. That sitting next to our sisters and brothers, we might feel inspired to be raised up and to say yes to what you call us to do. And may my words, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So earlier this week, I was listening to the radio and I heard this announcement, an advertisement or something, they might have been laughing at it too, I'm not sure, of a new school in Maine called the Adulting School. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I did when I heard it, I laughed. And uh, the school is, it was started by a psychotherapist who has a robust clientele and she realized a lot of her clients were college graduates, they, had, um, they were doing things in their career that were great and yet they didn't know how to manage their finances or interact in their personal relationships or cook meals. And so she reached out to a longtime friend of hers who was a public school teacher in Maine and said, we need, um, we need to start an adulting school. And so uh, this school now exists in Maine and you can look it up and if you need some help in that, you know, Maine is awful this time of year. Um, but I, I share that story. I know we already did this um, back in the fall, um, the sermon series, Adulting Faith. And so I don't wanna beat this image um, continuously, but I share this story because the first part of our scripture passage today uh, the words from First Peter are to us essentially how to adult our faith. What does it mean to be an elder in the church? That word elder, uh, how many of you all would consider yourselves an elder in the church? Let the record reflect that one person raised their hand. Although really two should have. Uh, <laughs> We think of the word elder and there's an age limit in it, yes? Although I will say that my role um, within the United Methodist Church, I am ordained as an elder, so I guess I should technically raise my hand too. But we think of the word elder with this age limit, that you have to have a certain amount of gray hair or a certain amount of wrinkles on your face or a certain amount of biblical knowledge in order to qualify as an elder. Can I get an amen if you believe that statement is true? Okay, I hope by the end of the today you don't believe that statement's true. But, um, but really, uh, so what that means is that when we go to the scripture passage, we look at it and there's four verses that the author of 1 Peter is saying are, are on how to be an elder. And then there's one like little throwaway verse on a, like the youth should respect their elders, right? The authority of the elder. So when we read scripture passages like this, we automatically even if you don't know you're doing it consciously, you put yourself into one of those roles. So raise your hand if when you heard the scripture passage read today, you're like, oh, I'm an elder, and everything that's being addressed here is what I should pay attention to. Okay, and oh, good, we got another hand, awesome. And if you read it and you're like, oh, that line about the youth, that's me. Raise your hand if you were just like not paying attention during the scripture. Okay. No, actually, there were a lot of youth people, yeah. Um, 
So I want to take the word elder and set it aside for a little bit. There's some great stuff to reflect on that, but I want to take that word and set it aside for a little bit and instead think about the word leadership. How many of you guys think that in your job, in the school that you go to, in some sort of organization that you are a part of, that you are a leader? Come on, everybody raise their hand, right? Yeah, there's a lot of us that are, are leaders. We don't want to take on the word elder, but we'll take on the word leader. So I think that's a really helpful thing to think about. But for some reason, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, when we walk into the doors of a church, if it's a small group or if it's a, a worshiping community, somehow all those leadership skills that we have, that we live into in every aspect of our life, they just like, shoo, go out the door. And we have these feelings of like, I'm not worthy. I don't know enough about the Bible. Um, I, haven't, I, I was away from church for a long time and now I'm coming back and so I'm still new or a novice at this and I can't possibly be a leader in the church. How many of y'all have ever felt that? Yes. So I'll even say, I'll even confess to you that um, probably about three years ago I was um, meeting for supervision with uh, Pastor Trey, who uh, was one of our founding lead pastors. He's since moved to the United Kingdom, but we were meeting for supervision. And at this point, UVC Andersonville was about two years old. And we were talking about some things. I can't remember the exact conversation, but he asked a question and I uh, somehow replied kind of humbly. And, and um, was, my response was like, well, I'm not sure if I know anything about that. I think I probably need more experience to be able to speak definitively about that. I just, I, you know, I kind of just maybe humbly um, set aside and said, I, I don't know, you know. And Trey looked at me in the eye and he said, Brittany, stop that. He's like, you are the planting pastor to the Andersonville site, which is the biggest site at the time, was, is the biggest site of the four sites at UVC. And you did that. He's like, you can't hide behind this like novice pastor thing anymore. You need to own and name and claim that you are a leader and a pastor in this church. And I'd love to say that I just stood up and lived into my leadership skills and named it and claimed it right in that moment. Uh, but I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I was sort of shocked and stunned. Um, you know how like when somebody speaks truth to you and you can't quite take it at first? And so I started on a journey of being able to claim that I was a leader. And I'm still on that journey. I still don't have it all figured out. I still don't know enough about the Bible. I still feel like I'm a novice in the faith. It's a paradox that we live in, right? This journey of faith, we come into it and we feel like we don't know enough. And then the more that we dig into it, the more we don't know. But at some point, we have to be raised up. We have to step up and say, God is raising me up into the role of elder, into the role of leader, mentor, discipler, whatever role you want to put in there. At some point, we have to say, yes, okay, that is what I am. I'm not a youth. I'm a leader. Can I get an amen if y'all are listening to me? Yeah. Amen. Okay. 
So, um, earlier this week, I've used that word raised up a couple of times. Earlier this week, Pastor Christian, who is the other founding and now lead pastor, solo lead pastor of UVC, uh, was doing a word study on the word relevant, because relevant is one of our core values, if you remember. We've been going through the sermon series. We talked about our mission statement the first week, and we talked about how bold, what boldness meant. And last week, uh, Pastor Jarrell preached a great sermon on what it, being inclusive means. And this week, I want to talk about being what, what being relevant means. And when he was studying um, relevant, he realized that it comes from the medieval Latin uh, words to raise up, to raise up. And I think what a wonderful way to describe what it is that we do at our church. It is to live out the gospel message in a relevant way that causes us to be raised up and it causes us to raise up others. Yes? To live out the gospel in a way that, raise, that, that we are raised up and that, that causes us to raise up others. That's who we're called to be. And so this is what the author of 1 Peter is talking about. God calls us, this, this first you know, five verses that we're reading, God calls us out and raises us up to be leaders. That's why all of the emphasis is put on the elders of the church, because they're the ones that, are, that have the responsibility to say, yes, I'm in this. I'm a leader. So relevant faith, if you want to live a relevant faith, you can't hide under this, I don't know enough. A rel- look at Alex, I mean, I just have to point out, look at Alex. She started coming six months ago, was baptized, what, five months ago, four months ago, and is now leading a small group. She doesn't know anything. <laughs> she's been on this, fa- I'm not trying to, be, but she's been on this faith journey for how long? I mean, years, but like that you have named and claimed it in the last six months. And she has said, God, I am going to be raised up and I will be a small group leader. And I am going to accept the authority that you have given me to do that. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing. (laughs) Now I'm putting words in your mouth, but (laughs) right. But I trust that you are with me in this. And that you will be faithful with me in this. And so I will stand up and lead a small group. Amen, Alex. So we, that's, this is what we want to do as a church. We want to raise up leaders that don't know what the hell they're doing. And we also want to, yeah, it's not a good model. We actually, we also want to raise up leaders and provide support. And so on February 5th, uh, it, we didn't give it as much press here because uh, we were launching here in Edgewater. It was our first Sunday in this space. But two big things happened on February 5th. The first was that we launched UVC Edgewater. Amen. Praise God. The second thing that we did as an all-site church is to um, launch a new leadership structure. And y'all, new, I know, right? New leadership structures are not sexy. They're not exciting. But they are super, help, super helpful. And that's why like, the first part of our scripture passage is talking about leadership structure in a way, right? Talking about how to engage, how to order a church. Because if you don't have an ordered church, you can't do the ministry of the world. 
Okay, so on February 5th, we launched this new leadership structure with, uh, with all these ministry descriptions that have come out and all of these um, examples and ways of how to coach and disciple and raise up new leaders. Our new leadership structure um, means, it essentially defines what it means to be an elder or a leader in the church. Um, it, it tells us how to tend to the flock that we are responsible for. And it, and it gives us permission to say, this is my flock, and I'm going to tend to them. Because sometimes we get nervous about church volunteer. Oh, I don't want to tell people what to do. They might resent me. And this is like saying, no, you're a leader, and people want to know what to do. They want to be told what to do. So earlier this week, um, I met with Kat Dennis and Kevin Lee, who are two chain shepherds here at UVC Edgewater. And we started looking about all these different ministry positions that are, that are going to be available here at UVC Edgewater. And we started thinking about, like, who have these gifts? Who has God called, maybe whispered in their ear and said, you would be really good at this? And so we started thinking about names, and um, we want to make all these descriptions available because we don't know everybody's gifts. But what we do know is that God has called each and every one of you, that God has given each and every one of you a particular set of skills and gifts and passions, and that if we can find a match, it's kind of like going on match.com, if we can find a match of your gifts and our needs, your heart and desire will come alive. Your soul will sing. Some days you'll be like, oh, I don't want to wake up and greet because I'm tired. And it'll feel like drudgery. But then you'll get here and you'll remember, thank you, God, for giving me this gift. I love greeting. I love saying hello to new people. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it feels like drudgery and then you get in it and you say, this is amazing. I'm so glad I did this. The band might feel like that every day when they have to get here. What time do you guys get here? 7.45? They're like, oh, God, why did I do this? And then it's, oh, God, thank you for these gifts. So we want everybody to be matched up and to find a place where you can be raised up in leadership. Now, unfortunately, this call does not come via telephone or text message. It would be really great if... If, like, you just checked your text messages and there was one from God that said, please volunteer on the greeting team. That's where your gifts are. That'd be really great, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. It'd be great for... Uh, And so I want you to pay attention to the ways that God might be speaking to you and raising you up. It might come in through the voice of Darius, who is our new worship coach, It might come through the voice of Devin, who is our justice coordinator. It might come through the voice of Colin, who is our community coach. It's going to come in a variety of, it might come to you in, uh, like, it might come to you in having a really great um, evangelism experience. Like, maybe you saw chalking that we did, and you thought, I want to do that. I want to make something beautiful that people will see. It's going to come to you in a variety of ways. But pay attention. Look to see where God is calling you and raising you up to be in leadership. But also, a relevant faith, because now I want to get to the second part of the scripture passage. A relevant faith is not just about church structure and leadership. Right? It's just not. 
We can organize and structure ourselves all you want, and that would not be a relevant faith. It's important, but it's not all that we do as a church. Raising up leaders, making disciples of Jesus Christ, is ultimately meant for contributing to the transformation of the world. Because, friends, um, again, we're working on this talking back during the sermon thing. I'd love to hear you say amen if you agree with this statement. Yeah, Ruby already knows what I'm... (laughs) She heard me practicing earlier. (laughs) For real. (laughs) The world needs to be transformed. Yeah. That's what our passage talks about in the second part today. There is suffering in this world. Our scripture reminds us of that. Our news headlines remind us of that, and we can be overwhelmed by it. It can be easy to want to bury our head in the sand and give up. Or we can listen to 1 Peter's word calling us to cast all of your anxieties on God and remain steadfast in your faith, knowing that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. We're reminded that suffering won't last forever, that it won't be long before our generous God, our generous and mighty and overwhelming loving God gets the last word. As we have been making our way through 1 Peter in this sermon series, I want to remind you that they were in a community of churches that knew suffering. And yet their faith in Christ gave them a courageous hope to face the world in a different way. See, what was at stake in the suffering of Christ believers during that time was not really what they believed, but it was what they did. They believed that Christ was Lord And so they raised up others. They raised up others to establish communities marked by love and solidarity rather than oppression and harm. Do you hear how being raised up affects our communities? They and we have to have courageous hope in a generous God who scoops us up in her arms, who tends to our wounds, and raises us up then to go back out and do it for others. To bring good news to the poor, to proclaim reliefs to the captives, to to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free. We don't do these things because they are marching orders from God. We do these things because being steadfast in our faith means that Christ is transforming our lives. It means that we are moving from novice in our faith, from being a youth in our faith, to being a leader in the faith community, to being an elder in the faith community. It means we clothe ourselves with love and have let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Now, this transformation, this transformation that we're talking about, um, that Christ does in our life, it can happen in a really clarifying conversation like the one I had in supervision with Trey, or it can happen in a therapy session that you have with your psychotherapist or counselor, It can happen in a time of journaling and reflection or listening to a really great musical song somewhere, wherever. It can happen when we're listening to music. It can happen over brunch with a friend in a very pointed conversation. But all of these things, all of these moments where we feel something like an arrow of truth stab us in the heart, 
These are moments of God raising us up to live our life and our faith more fully. In a world where forces, scripture calls it the devil, some might call it uh, self-doubt or shame or powers and principalities, but in a world where forces try to hold you back and convince you that you are not enough, that you do not matter, that you should just stay right where you are and be safe and timid on the sidelines, We read a gospel message of courageous hope to be raised up, to know that our gifts do matter, to know that we do matter, to know that we are called to be bold, inclusive, and raised up relevant. This is the message of 1 Peter today. We are called to be raised up, to know that everything we do in our work life, in our personal life, how, how we drive our car. Any of y'all car drivers out there? That to know how we drive our car is a reflection of our identity as a Christ follower. That's a hard one for me. Sometimes when people cut me off, I'm just saying. But think about it, y'all. The way that we live our life, what we do in this world, it might be the only scripture that someone ever reads. How we engage in this world might be the only witness of God's love in this world that someone will ever know. And so we have to be a relevant, raised up people. So I invite you to go forth today, not as youth or novice, folks that you maybe entered into this room in, but as elders in the faith, as leaders in faith. You, that's who you are in the church. You are leaders in the gospel movement here at UVC and in the city. There is no division. There is no coming into church and engaging in the world one way and out in the world engaging it. It is all the same. That's what a relevant raised up faith means. So y'all, you are proclaimers of truth and justice. You are the beacons of safety and shelter for someone. You have been raised up to make your whole life a reflection of the gospel story that leads to the transformation of the world. So friends, rest in the courageous hope of the gospel and leave here today raised up to go into this world. Amen.